Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia and Peters Township. Visit them at SouthHillsKia.net. Thorne Dickerson, Jeff Hathorne, Nicholas Harry Kaus behind the glass, and Pat Bostick. He's here. Pat, good morning. How you doing? I'm great. How you guys doing? We're doing fantastic. Got a lot well, of we juice. know Pony's not here. <laughs> yeah, Got a lot of juice flowing music today. intro. Yeah, yeah. Or Crowley, for that matter. Yeah, him too. He loves when Callis plays that, though. He always rolls his eyes every single time. <laughs> Callis, nice haircut, bud. Thank you. you look Wait, great. you got a haircut? I did. Got, I them, did all, last got, week, got them all cut. I think I... Oh, I got it on Monday, so I yeah. wouldn't have seen you then. Yeah. Makes you look young. Well, thanks. Do you, get your, do you cut your own hair, or do you get your hair cut? I get my hair cut. What, what, do, you, do you spend <laughs> money to get your hair cut? I do. Why do you spend money to buzz your head? That's a great question, <laughs> I don't know. Callus, I tell you what. I think it looks great. Thank you. <laughs> Pat, um, we're talking about five things that oh. Arthur Smith needs to do immediately. Ooh. Five things that Arthur Smith needs to do starting right now. Um, I- I'll throw out a couple that I have. I mean, I- I'm May more... end up being more than five. There, yeah, it's probably going to be more than five. But, like, I, I, will, I will be more you know, immediate than I think that some of the other answers will get. Um, like today, it needs to be a Zoom meeting with the offense. Like I, I know that everybody's in different spots. Everybody's back home or on vacation, but immediate Zoom meeting with the offense, obviously introducing himself. There was a couple uh, players for the Steelers who reached out to me for his number, so that's a step in the right direction. Um, pre- um, present needs for the offense, and I would sit down with Andy Vidal and Omar Khan and say, this is the type of offense that I'm going to run, and this is the potential needs that I need for mm-hmm. my offense in the draft and in free agency. And another uh, – listen, he has to address the quarterback position, and you need to have that one-on-one time with Kenny Pickett and or Mason Rudolph if Mason's going to be back, but basically Kenny Pickett, and just get philosophies out into the open and pick Kenny Pickett's mind what he thinks – a good offense would look like. I would make that session with Kenny and I, if I were Arthur Smith, more of a educational sessions for myself of thinking where Kenny Pickett's mind is at yeah. and what he thinks is good, what he thinks is bad, what he thinks went wrong last year, what he thinks can be better, and then you know, kind of just sit back and, and evaluate that situation. But those are, you know, I mean, that, that wasn't five, but those are my immediate things that Arthur Smith needs to do uh, right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say too. I mean, every every, and it's been a minute since he was, you know, the only the offensive coordinator. So, 
typically they, they have a they have a deck uh, that kind of outlines their offense, you know, philosophy, expectations, how we're going to play. This is this is like a preamble to the playbook. I get that out immediately and start setting expectations that you know, this is a fresh start. This is a fresh start for every single one of you. Yes, we're going to evaluate how you've performed in the past, but this is a fresh start. This is how we're going to play. This is how we're going to win. And, you know, you need to conform to this and, and start that immediately. Because, again, we've talked about this, right, the discipline issues, the maturity issues. I think this is important from that standpoint to, to establish a culture. I get Kenny Pickett's I, – I, I get a granular breakdown of his game. Mm-hmm. I, want, I want a big play tape. I want a routine completion tape. I, and most importantly, I want a missed throw tape. I want a I want pocket issue tape. I want to take a look at every one of them, and I want to evaluate it. And I want to sit down with him then and go through it with a fine tooth comb and, and get in his head and understand. Okay, why did you do this? Why do you feel that? Do you see why you missed this throw? Understand. Okay, how do we tailor this thing? Because ultimately, Arthur Smith's level of success, unless they go in free agency and do something we don't think they're going to do. His level of success here is going to be predicated heavily on on Kenny Pickett's performance. But but absolutely, you know, reaching out to every guy. Obviously, the 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 group session, whether it's be it in Zoom or, or otherwise, um, just level set expectations of how things are going to go. But then really dig into that quarterback position and start from there, and then kind of you know parachute out to your other your other key role players. And I think that has to be a stern first meeting. I'm in charge. Yeah, no question. I've heard that there are some issues here. I heard that we need more discipline. We more need more in-house rules. I'm the in-house rules. Yeah. You follow what I do, um, or there will be consequences. And I'm going to set up a leadership council. There's not just going to be one captain. I'm going to set up this guy, Najib. You're a guy that likes to complain about the stuff that's going on in here. You're going to be part of the solution. You're going to be part right. one of the guys where guys can come to. And if stuff gets to the outside – if our dirty laundry gets aired, we're going to have internal fines that we're not going to tell everybody about, but there's going to be there's going to be monetary consequences that, that are going to be paid. We're going to stop this stuff right now. I think that has to be part of that meeting. He needs to – he can play – he can always back off a little bit, but he can't go in soft and then try to be a tough guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think – you know, you want to be I, – I think it needs to be stern. I think I think the expectations need to be set. I think everyone in that room knows they've underperformed on the offensive side of the ball. So for for Arthur Smith to come in and and you know go kumbaya and say we're all good would be a, a total misplay or misstep. But but I think too right that, you know part of Arthur Smith is hey guys you know we're more alike than we are different, right? I mean I want to be physical, Najee Jalen, we we are going to lean on you, Samalu, you know, Broderick Jones. You're going to like playing in this offense. But everybody else, if this thing's going to work, we got to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. we got to be on the same page. And I'm going to tell you what page that is and go from there. And then, obviously, it, it, it's it, every position, and it seems like the, the rest of the position coaches are going to stay intact. It, it, it sure seems like that. Um, every other position has got to fall in line. It's 7.07 time, time to stop blindly playing those Increasing auto and home insurance premiums, contact the Buell Insurance Agency in Gibsonia and see what they could do for you. Pat, I, I think that the more and more I think about this this hire, I, I, I like it. 
and you know not because of biased and you know direct relationship but more of I think about George Pickens and I think about you know him not being able to maximize his talents last year and you know I know that George is a smart guy but sometimes offense doesn't make sense and you got to make it make sense Arthur Smith does that he makes his offense make sense and he will be able to use George in different ways that it's not going to slow down his development mentally and not slow down the offense as a whole um but also George Pickens needs challenged you know there's some guys that need challenge Najee Harris needs challenge we saw that last year he got challenged last year and we saw the best of him because he didn't want Jalen Warren being the number one guy I mean let's just face it that was the situation that's why we saw Najee Harris play the way he did at points especially towards the end of the season because Jalen Warren Jalen Warren Jalen Warren nobody wants you know a, a, a guy that was undrafted Come in here and take your spot. But with Arthur's situation, he was offensive coordinator. Then he was a head coach, and now he's an offensive coordinator again. As an offensive coordinator for the Titans, you know, it's like, okay, we're going to draw plays, and we're going to make everything successful. We have a foundation for a run game. That's what offense, usually offensive coordinators do, right? Then he becomes a head coach, and he sees the whole 30,000-foot view of everything. Mm-hmm. Now he's an offensive coordinator again. His mindset of challenging is going to be different than he was an offensive coordinator five years ago because he was a head coach because he did fail as a head coach and he saw the game probably way differently than he ever has in his life so being able to challenge the offensive guys from the knowledge and the failures and the successes he has as a head coach I think is going to benefit guys like George Pickens and get the most out of him I would think so too I mean this is a guy that hey regardless if you're a head coach in the National Football League for for three or four seasons whatever it, it was three years you know, you're going to elicit a certain level of respect, you know, based on your, your prior accomplishments. Also, it's not like this guy didn't have A.J. Brown performing at an incredibly high level. I'm sending George Pickens that tape and say, watch this. You want to be elite, watch this. Watch how he blocks. Watch him off the ball. Watch him when he's not targeted. You know, I'm sending him that. I'm sending Najee Harris, hey, Pittsburgh drafted you to be the guy I coached in Derrick Henry. This is why this makes so much sense. Now, it is it's, it's not a vast departure from what we thought Mike Tomlin would do. It's not a McVay tree guy. It's not a, you know, Shanahan tree guy. But it fits in so many ways. But I think the level of what makes sense to me is the level of autonomy he'll be able to have, at least from what I see, because of his experiences and, and, and head coach experience specifically, and the level of respect that should demand from the locker room. Now, don't get me wrong. When, when you bring someone like him that, at least on the outside, and you know him better than me, is stern, is going to hold guys accountable, might fly off the handle a little bit and, and get in someone's face, there's an equal chance that that blows up. Mm-hmm. And guys don't respond well to that. But if they don't, what's that tell you? You ain't going to be here. And the, the worst thing the Pittsburgh Steelers can do right now is keep dragging this along. Keep dragging this receiver drama along, getting marginal, uh, you know, almost, you know, top half of the league play from that position, but drama like their, you know, Julio Jones in Atlanta five years ago, or marginal quarterback. You can't keep dragging it along. Mm-hmm. It's time to draw a line in the sand and say, listen, step over this line with us, or you're not getting on the boat. Had to Doran's point, when he's motivated and he understands what needs to be done, clearly, he's a team guy. We saw that in the last four weeks of the season. He got he, he got his. He was part of the game plan. Even when he wasn't, 
he bought in because he felt it because he he knew what he needed to do. Like I think it's not. You're, ta- a, you're talking Pickens. I'm talking Pickens. Wasn't that four game stretch when he said that I wasn't going to block because I would get rolled up on and get hurt? No, that was the indie game. Okay, so leading that, up that, to that the was, four game. That was stretch. leading up to it. Okay, so that that's when the conversation happened on that. You know, Tomlin addressed the us. The conversation on did happen. The conversation <laughs> did happen, and. I, I think he got a clear understanding of okay, this is this is what this offense is. This is what my role is. He started to get more passes, not forced. They were within the offense. Oh, yeah. Mason made some nice throws, and then you saw in that game against Baltimore where he didn't get targeted. He still made plays. He stayed engaged. He made hustle plays. Like he was he was involved with what was going on. If he is motivated, and understand and that's on the coach. No question. They've got to. They've got to make sure his mindset is right because when it is, he can be a difference maker. Oh, he's he, he, he. You have to put him in the the top five most talented receivers in the National Football League, and he might be in the top three, talent talent wise. Right. Yeah. But uh, he's not as consistent because of those factors and, that we mentioned. And that's going to determine you know whether he becomes an All Pro and an All Timer, or just another really talented guy that showed up one out of three weeks. Coming up next, uh, Arthur Smith did have the other options, but he chose the Steelers. Uh, Ian Rappaport had thoughts on that and why Arthur Smith might have chose the Steelers over those other options. We'll talk about that next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shop overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Organization that really does it right, one of the model franchises in the NFL. The fact that Arthur Smith can go there and be part of that was big. But learning from Mike Tomlin, understanding that culture, what he does inside the locker room, Arthur Smith is someone, yes, he's going to be a very good offensive coordinator, wants to be a head coach again. This is a perfect person to work with, learn from, and then get ready for his second opportunity and probably score some points in the process. I assume Ian Rappaport was at a senior bowl practice uh, during that interview. Uh, talking about Arthur Smith and well, some of the has an interesting way of disciplining the kids. <laughs> yeah, that's you know? air, horn. Oh, yeah, air dinner time. <laughs> <laughs> come in, come in, get get the the steaks are on the table. Let's go. Um, I I take from that that Arthur Smith had other opportunities to to think about in the NFL and other opportunities for offensive coordinator spot in the NFL. But what was enticing for him was coaching underneath Mike Tomlin and knowing that that's probably the best route he can he can take to get to um, having another opportunity to be a head coach again. And, you know, I, I, I looked at this situation and we talked about this maybe, you know, about three weeks ago, how attractive was this 
you know, opportunity. How attractive was being the offensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers? And, you know, you knew that you're going to have a challenge at, at hand, and that's the quarterback spot. And we also talked about this as we can roll this into each each thing here that, you know, the Steelers aren't the second thought that the Steelers got better this year. I didn't think that they got better. I thought they got worse than from last year to this past year. Um, they got worse because they didn't figure out the quarterback spot and they got help to get into the playoffs. You could look at it and say that they're a better football team because they got in the playoffs, but they got help, which they didn't get help the year before, but they lost two bad games each year. So to me, they've got worse because of the quarterback spot, but you know that it's going to be a challenge, and it seems that Arthur Smith was up for that challenge and is excited to coach underneath Mike Tomlin, even though that there are uh, people out there that don't think Mike Tomlin should be the head coach and think that Arthur Smith should not be the offensive coordinator. So that's kind of where we're at. It's a road – it's not an easy road that he's picked because you don't see a lot of people coming. It's the big thing, the tree. There aren't a lot of branches on the Tomlin tree. He typically, though, hires or has coordinators that are older, guys that when they're done being a coordinator, they retire. They don't, they don't move on to other jobs because they're at that point in their life. Arthur's only 41. He might look older, but he's only 41. If he can get the Steelers back to being – an upper half, let alone like top 10 or something crazy like that, which seems impossible right now. If he can get them into the upper half and then Arrow's still pointing up into that group, he's going to have an opportunity to coach again. But it's not it's not going to be easy. There's a lot of a lot of potholes in that road, but yeah, I think this is I think this is different than people say, "Oh, no one gets a head coaching job from Tomlin." I think this could be a different scenario. Yeah, I I think for him, I mean, there's some there's some transitive familiarity with Pittsburgh, right? There's Munchak, there's Malarkey, there's that kind of Vrabel was you know spent some time in Pittsburgh, so there's some the guys he's worked for have have been here and can speak to the city and you know heck he worked for Frank Signetti at, at North Carolina yep. in 2006, so there's some wasn't Hunt there's some understanding of of what Pittsburgh is and and what Mike Tomlin is and he's not a guy that's hop jobs. I mean, he was in Tennessee for a long time before leaving to be the head coach in Atlanta. Um, and, but I also think, right, he brings some he brings some youth. I mean, he's 41 years old. He's been a head coach. He, he worked under Matt LaFleur in Tennessee. So there, there's that side. So if you're looking for a connection to a fruitful tree, he's got one. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I think it, it, it's safe. It makes sense for him based on his familiarity with it. The the upside is definitely there. He's comfortable in in his skin. He's not a guy like he's not a Ben Johnson right now that's saying I got to get the right job. He's 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 made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. He's been a head coach in National Football League. He wants to be a head coach again. Going to work for a guy who's stable. And Mike Tom. I mean, the past two years have proven he's stable here. It's it makes a lot of sense. Fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say. There's never a fee unless we get money for you. Um, you know, Broderick Jones, I mean, we talked about the five things he needs to do immediately. Right. Broderick Jones needs to go back to left tackle. And you know what? Arthur Smith got today. a start today. He Arthur Smith got a start in the NFL as an offensive line coach. You know, that's kind of his truest roots. And then he moved to tight end and, and moved to offensive coordinator. But, you know, he understands offensive line, um, the dynamics of it, and Broderick Jones has to move back to left tackle. And then, I, like like we were saying with the five um, things immediate, I, you know, I expect him to go to Andy White and go to Omar Khan and sit down and be like, look, this is the type of offense that I run. This is the type of offensive lineman that can fit my system. 
because he does run the you know the the different the zone scheme compared to the gap scheme things of that nature and people are like oh well he runs a different uh, running type of offense that's not going to fit our guys like I mean can he can he change a little bit like it's not like rocket no, science he's been it's around at ro- all it's not rocket science to change a dynamic of how you run the football. It no, really isn't. No, I think he's. You have philosophical roots, but I mean, you're going to tailor it to your players. And I, <laughs> I thought you, know, you probably saw some changes in Atlanta than you saw in that you saw in Tennessee. I mean, it, listen, if you were to tell me that Derrick Henry's a zone runner, an outside zone runner, I'd tell you, absolutely. I I, I could. I would not have predicted that. He's 250 pounds, right? But he, he's a zone runner. So I, there's going to be give and take on how they come to a a point of concession where they find who they are. What do they do well currently? What do I like to do? What's the middle point? And any good offensive coordinator is going to going to approach it that way. So yes, I think his role decks is, is is bigger than just oh we're going to run zone and that's all we're going to do and we're <laughs> never going to change and I I'd like to think if you become a head coach of the National Football League you you've got a little bit of flexibility to you. Well, like it or hate it, I mean, his philosophies seem fairly aligned to what Mike Tomlin's are. So it's not like he's going and asking for for crazy different things. Like, hey, I need I need six eight linemen who could fill, and I need twelve five eight receivers that run four threes. Like, they're they're on the same page with what they're looking for offensively. What the identity is going to be, with obviously the the chance to adapt. But I I don't think those conversations should be very tough. That's I think one of the big reasons they brought him in. Knowing that Ark II said that this is absolutely Mike Tomlin's hire. Uh, he said that in his press conference a couple of days ago that he doesn't want to step on any toes. That's he, Mike Tomlin's the head coach. He's going to hire his staff. Mike Tomlin hires a former head coach. Did that surprise you guys at all, that Mike Tomlin would hire somebody that was of the same-ish stature of him? Because there's obviously talks that Mike Tomlin doesn't want to give up a lot of power and doesn't want – to share the uh, responsibilities of being the top person. Um, it surprised me in a, just a tad bit that he was willing to go in that direction of a former head coach, knowing that guys and offensive players would almost respect maybe um, Arthur Smith as the alternate head coach at some point. Did that surprise you guys at all that he went that route? I, th- I thought he needed to go that route. I mean, I can recall talking about this. <laughs> I saw you and Kabali going back and forth. I've been talking about this for – Months. I mean, th- th- this is what they need: leadership, presence, experience. Um, and I think Art Rooney, the other the other Art in the conversation, and and Mike Tomlin probably had that conversation. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a bit. It's not an internal promotion, and they they weren't going to go that route. But I think it's absolutely what they need, and I you know I think it's a good thing that Mike Tomlin saw that. I'm surprised only because there were so many other names that that, that were looked at, you know. Everybody wanted somebody from the Rams or Niners or it's going to be some younger guys. So not that Smith isn't, but someone that, that had a bigger bigger name came from an, a situation. I guess I, I never thought that they would hire someone that had been fired this past season at any, at any circumstance. You know, they weren't going to hire Van Pelt because he was fired by – they weren't – even though they interviewed him, they weren't going to hire Thomas Brown because it didn't work in Carolina. Um, so in that stance, I'm, I'm a little surprised they brought in somebody that had just come off a failure, but it is a little different situation because when you're head coach, as opposed to offensive coordinator, and we've discussed this, I I think you can be a really good head coach or really good offense coordinator, maybe not a great head coach, or maybe you just weren't in a great situation. I think that, I think because he's akin to what Tomlin likes, 
that's what ended up getting him the job. Yeah, I agree. Coming up next, uh, I, I was taking my daily nap, and you know, right before I fell asleep, I was watching Colin Cowherd and uh, his little sidekick uh, Jason McIntyre. They were talking about uh, something very interesting that I want to get your guys' thoughts on, and and I I kind of was puzzled by what Jason McIntyre said, but I think it's a good discussion. Actually, Kyle's brought it up and alluded to it in his, in his uh, pre-show, in his early morning show. Uh, but I want to I get your guys' thoughts on that when we come back. Fan Morning Show brought to you by Armstrong Comfort with Matt Mertz Plumbing. Thorne Dickerson, Pat Bostick, Jeff Hathorne, Nicholas Harry Cows behind the glass. Guys, I was watching um, the Colin Cowherd show yesterday. and Before uh, your nap, right? This is right before I fell asleep. And then you actually I, fell asleep after watching that? I, I, yeah, it put me to sleep. Actually, I'd have no, to. <laughs> I would have to seriously like. Wow, I'd have to. I'd have to like just give myself a chance to decompress. Yeah. That's kind of like when your head hits the pillow. You know, there's that. He's he, he is Mister Freaking Analogy. Oh, he just he 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 says some very smart stuff, but it just his delivery and constant hot takes. Just uh, yeah, I don't know. I think he's he's pretty good at what he does, but um, this is what put me to sleep because. His sidekick, Jason McIntyre, said this yesterday. He said, sometimes consistency is better than winning a championship. And he was alluding to the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott. He said he would rather have a consistent six-year span where you, where you win 12 games or five-year, whatever the, the, the years were for Dak Prescott that he's won 12 games in a season, than rather than, rather than being a Sean McVay and win a championship every 10 years. Isn't it all about winning a championship? Like, what is consistency going to do for you? That, of, of bad takes, that might be a, it was, it that was, might be a, among the worst. It was un, it was unbelievable. I was sitting there, and that's why I went to sleep. I was like, I can't believe that this is a – That would have been fired up. That would have woke yeah, me that, up. Well, on, on, on Collins, exactly. Collins' defense, like, he was like, what? Like, kind of like looking at him, he was like, no, I'd rather have a championship. He was like, well, like, consistency, consistency matters, and – you know the the Cowboys are always relevant because they win a lot of games. He was like, it's about winning the championship. Yeah, like you think Jerry Jones is happy that they're just consistent and they win games every year, but they're never they get beat in the playoffs every single year. He gets asked who's going to fire the coach every single year. Every year, and they win twelve games or eleven games and score a bunch of points. I mean, the reality is, to dig a little bit deeper, I can get right with hey, being consistent may give you a better chance to win a championship because you're always knocking at the door. That's right? that's kind of, he did say that. But when the reason you don't get to a championship game is the guy you mentioned, Dak Prescott, throwing pick sixes and you know making critical errors in key moments of the game, I don't care how consistent you are, you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop, and that's where they're at right now in Dallas. I mean, that, I just as talented and as productive and as much money as that guy's making, we talked about who you give the ball to to win a game. He would be the guy I wouldn't give the ball to <laughs> I wouldn't to, to right. win the game. So, to bring that home, Dallas is a little bit more than just being consistent. They won their division. They were the number two seed. They had home field would have had it throughout except for a game at San Francisco. Like, they're on that They consistently that, choke. Yeah, every edge. year. But but it's not like a consistency where, you're, where the Steelers are. Like, that's that's not good enough. And if I could win a championship and then fall off the cliff, like if you're a Kansas City Royal fan, are you are you reliving how awesome that World Series title was, or you're like, oh man, we stink now? 
you might get mired in it a little bit, but I bet you that memory of that championship's yes. a hell of a lot better than if you would have been middling around 500. So what's interesting is juxtapose what you just said with, and I, I, I know I often reference Philadelphia. They won a Super Bowl in 2017 with Doug Peterson as their head coach. They fired him yep. two years later. After not they, they had not won a Super Bowl, they hadn't won anything. And how long? The parade. I mean, it was every two years later. They got they have a statue of the guy outside the damn stadium. Fired. So, yeah, you can say. I mean, at, at the end of the day, in the you're either you're either winning it all or you stink in this world right now, and that that's how it is. Is there so, a, is there an owner out there that has that mentality? There, I can't I can't sit here and think that there's an owner out there that's like okay, like. At least we give ourselves an opportunity this year. Now, is there is the owner here in Pittsburgh? I don't think so. I, I, I think mean, people may think so that that's what the Steelers, you know, end goal is every single year now, but I don't think so. Well, I, I think there's a, a level of there's a level of analysis into evaluating why you didn't make it to the big game and win and, and win it all, right? Is it always just the coach, right? I mean, is it always just the coach? Now, he's got a brunt. He's going to bear the brunt of the criticism, as will the quarterback. But I think in Art Rooney's evaluation of Mike Tomlin, it's, you know, yes, managing 20-year-olds and keeping their attention and finish the season strong and all those things make sense. But, you know, is he putting us in a position where players can take over and win? And I, I think that's a very subjective analysis, very subjective analysis. But no one in their right mind is going to come out and say, we're cool consistently winning 12 games and losing in the first round. Like – or we're cool consistently having a winning record and, you know, getting beat in the first round or barely, barely making the playoffs. It, it, it's what makes Jim Rutherford one of the greatest GMs of all time in any sport. He's, well, he's always willing because to when make Because the when they're at that cusp, he goes all in. Yep. Yeah. All the chips go in. I don't care if I have no draft picks for the next 10 years. I'm going to go That's what the Rams win did. a championship. Yes. That's what the Rams did in 2021. That's what I want. I don't care in two years that I, I'm a four-win team, or, don't care. you know, or I'm, you know, my winning percentage is thirty. I kind of had a little bit of that thought this year with with Pitt football. It, I, you know, going to a bowl game and all those things. I mean, it, it the meaning of going to a bowl game over the years has greatly diminished mm -hmm. in terms of the experience and who plays and all that stuff. But right, you won a championship two years ago, and I know it wasn't a national championship, but it's something the school had never done. Is there a difference between five and seven and three and nine? And I mean, it's not good enough. Mm -hmm. And what it's going to take to get to the next level is virtually the same, regardless of one or two wins. So, go, you know, missing the playoffs, making the playoffs, winning nine games versus winning ten, going twelve and five, and then losing in the first round, you're still not winning the championship. You're still evaluating. That's the gap you're focused on. Not the gap between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. I, I just I, I can't imagine like an owner, and most owners they stay in the same spot. I mean, obviously Snyder he's, he's out, and you know some owners obviously they they sell teams or whatever. But you know if you're the Green Bay Packers, if you're even Jerry Jones in the in the Dallas Cowboys, you know they're probably if you haven't won in a long time, they're probably the only singular um, component to knowing what it takes to win. Like in a way, like I know they're the business, and you know they don't need to get into the football stuff. Jerry Jones does, but. They know, and I, I, I would be more okay if I was an owner that we had won, say, like 15 years ago, and we haven't won in 15 years, but we did win a Super Bowl 15 years ago. 
I'd be okay as an owner to be like four and something rather than just be meddling and just being just right there every single year. That would bother me so bad. Well, sometimes going four and four and eleven to, to, allows you to be a lot more realistic and, and honest with yourself than we're right there. You know, we're right there. We're a player two away. Cause you're always a player two away, but but sometimes that play requires a different approach, and that's you know that's what we saw with Pitt this year and Pat Narduzzi in the offseason. Vast departure to the offensive coordinator. Does that happen if you're eight and four? And that's why I would tell you that the Patriots had a more successful season than the Steelers because they they because they know that both those quarterbacks stink. They 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 wrote it. They took their chances. They're going to bring in a new coach, and they're going to have potentially a franchise quarterback now because they 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 rolled the dice. They took the chance. They they didn't think short term about well, let's figure out a way to get this team. Well, if we do this, we could. No, let's see what we got at quarterback. Okay, they stink. This isn't the right head coach. They made those changes. Now they could set themselves up very quickly to become a championship team where the Steelers might still be, well, you know, we're right around that getting in as a wild card. Fan Hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and heating and air conditioning provider for over 50 years. Coming up next, are we lucky to have Art II as an owner? You know, this kind of really transitions right into uh, the next topic. Are we lucky or would you rather have a different type of owner? Thorne Dickerson, Jeff Hathorne, Pat Bostick, Nicholas Harry Cows here with you on the Fan Morning Show. Guys, should should Steelers fans feel lucky that they have Art II as an owner? And as an owner in the, the respect of he kind of sits back, he lets his coaches coach, um, he lets his players play, really, to, to a certain extent, but he's not in the media. And really what we were talking about before and the Dallas Cowboys and you know thinking about Jerry Jones, I've seen Jerry Jones on TV at least three times this week. At least three times this week. He's basically the general manager. I mean, he's in and out of the football operations every single day. Would you would you rather have a Jerry Jones like that is very hands on in ownership, or would you rather have Art the Second? For me, I'd rather have Art the Second that sits back and lets his football people be football people. Um, so I think that whenever people start to to talk about Art the Second and what is he going to do, what is happening with the Steelers, he doesn't. You know, obviously. All the analogies that people throw out there with Art II, I think we need to pump the brakes a little bit because Jerry Jones, is that what you really want? No, I, I think you should feel incredibly lucky to have the Rooney family in charge of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm not even talking about their reputation nationally. You've got one of the strongest brands in all of sports, in all of sports, the largest fan bases in all of sports. And all of it's done with class and little to no – drama at the top i mean it's this is an ursay or you know jerry jones where it it is just a it's a ticking time bomb and and moreover name me an owner outside of maybe mario that won won his team a championship name name one where you're like the owner won the championship i don't know what was elway Part owner, Denver. Not, I, I can't think of one right off the top of my head. Could they be influential in the process? But, yeah, it, it takes alignment of leadership. It takes delegation and autonomy. It takes all those things. And I, I, I would hate to be Mike McCarthy. Yes. And, I mean, I'd love to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, but to have to constantly be 
thinking, you know, what's my owner going to say publicly? You know, I mean, it's it just a, to me, it's a little bit much. Listen, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I mean, we're in the radio business. If the Steelers owner would come on weekly and give hot takes on our radio station, that'd be good for us. It'd be great for business for us. But that being said, uh, I know that. Listen, the Roonies have warts. The Steelers have warts. They don't do everything perfectly. I mean, you'd like to see more consistent play over the or or a championship or more opportunities over over the last decade. But when you look at the alternatives and the fact that he lets the football coaches coach, rarely does he meddle. Uh, player players respect how they are treated with the Steelers. Um, there's still are are there some arcane ways that they need to to you know move into this generation? Yes, yeah. um, but I I think there's a a family atmosphere that when you talk to the players is very unique. There are very few places no like question. the Steelers from that standpoint. And you know what? It's not like they've never won. I mean, it, it hasn't been recent. They've won a lot of championships. Like Since know the Cowboys have, I know that. They know what they're doing. Um, it, it's just been a stretch where they've got to figure out how to get back to that mountain. 15-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Route 19 in Peters Township celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Pat, I brought this up earlier. I, I think at this point there's only one uh, head coaching spot available, and that's the Washington Commanders. Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens, just accepted the job with the Seattle Seahawks. He's become, what, the youngest coach in, I think, Seahawks history, and they had the oldest coach in NFL history, just <laughs> retired, so – that is kind of wild there, but he just accepted that job. So the commander's job is the only one open. Bill Belichick is not uh, going to be a part of the list of candidates that they're going to interview now that they had their mind, I think, set on. He's going to work with Jerry next year. He's going to work with Jerry. That's I saw that. I want to see that. I saw that. Jerry or or Jeffrey Lurie. I saw either the Cowboys or Philly would be. And Jerry said, oh, yeah, I could work with him. We could, we'd be great together. No chance. (laughs) Talk about oil and water. Oh my gosh. Oh, I mean, it's like the mon in the oh. that's like the mon in the Allegheny, right? It, 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 they're not going to mix. Oh. Should the Steelers reach out to Mike Vrabel to be maybe assistant head coach or into in a defensive consultant or senior defensive uh, coaching position? Now that he's probably not going to be a head coach, don't know if he's going to be de- defensive coordinator. So it looks like he's going to have the year available. Should the Steelers reach out to Mike Vrabel to be a part of their coaching staff? No, I don't think so. Wow, I think they've got. I mean, all signs point to as as Terrell Austin been extended. Anyone determine whether or not that report was true? Terrell will be back. He'll be back. So you've got a defensive head coach. You've got a very experienced defensive coordinator. You know, does he take a position job? But adding another cook in the kitchen, I don't. I don't know how much good that does. It worked with Flores. It did. It did work. How much did Brian Flores really impact what they did? I don't. What do you think, Joe? So so he used to. You could directly say, well, what did he do with the middle linebackers? Because he was part of that group. But he also floated around. I mean, guys would, would talk all right. the time about ideas. He's a, gen- he's a he brilliant brought. defensive coordinator, but he, I, he had a position job. He, he did kind of. He did kind of. Um, I just think I, – I look at it the other way, Pat. I, I think another voice, even if it's it, – it doesn't just have to be – he could walk over the offensive meeting and say, hey, you know what, we tried this or – you know, he's obviously got familiarity with the offensive coordinator. So both you guys just said, just for argument's sake, that you were surprised that Mike Tomlin went, former head coach as offensive coordinator, is going to delegate autonomy. Mm-hmm. You think he's going to give away his side of the ball? 
No, no, no. Another former head coach? No, no, no. Because it's the same argument. No. I I think Exeter said eyes. I think it's it's a different role on the defensive side, and I do think he'll give autonomy because he does most times with his offensive coordinators. He allows them to do their job. But I think you could bring in someone of that of that ilk that could add add some other ideas. I, I do think there is a Flores quality to it if he has that type of role. And if you're Vrabel, it's not as end, as intense as being a coordinator. So Dan Quinn's probably going to get the Washington job from mm-hmm. what I see. Looks like it. Mm-hmm. Vrabel's going to go probably to Dallas. You think he'd be a defensive coordinator over coming to Pittsburgh to be a – See, that's the thing. I don't know like, where he's at. Like, you can be a consultant – and have less responsibility right. and just kind of hang out for a year and wait for that next head coaching so job. So, like, you take the job in Dallas, and you keep saying they're, they're, they're middling, or meddling around, and say that defense doesn't do that well, like, your head coaching opportunities are probably gone. Say the same thing about Pittsburgh. But you're not, but you're not a defensive coordinator. You're just kind of a, a senior consultant. Do you fall out of the rotation if you're not active? I, th- I, I think he, if you're not active at all, yes. I think that if he's not active at all, probably. But I think if he's – on a staff somewhere, and if it's the Pittsburgh Steelers and they do decent this year, I don't hate it. I just don't think it's necessary. Is, is I guess what my that's my position. Well, I, and Flores wasn't necessary. Flores, you're talking about a guy there that there were a lot of dynamics in that hire that that came into play. I mean, he had been basically sure. thrown to the the side by another organization. And Mike Vrabel was in Tennessee a long a long time, um, a long time, and it's kind of shown his stripes as a head coach. And if I don't think he's a top five candidate to be a head coach next year. Quite well, frankly, no. Not with what people want these days. Really? Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Ben hmm. Johnson's going to be a top head coach. I mean, Bobby Slogan's going to be a head coach candidate next year. I mean, it's going to be offensive guys, man. It's going to be offensive guys or a young hotshot defensive coach. So if I'm him, I want to get back in the fray and start calling calling defense. And heck, if the offense is crap in Dallas next year. And I become the interim head coach because Mike McCarthy gets fired. We start winning. I might be the head coach in Dallas. What about here? Not going to happen here. I don't think. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I don't see Tom getting fired after mid-season. Next season, he's going to get a multi-year extension, and not they would never do it mid-season. They'll do it mid-season in Dallas. Heck, Jerry might take the interim job. Yeah, he might be the head coach. No, this is very interesting. I, I didn't expect you to say that. I didn't. Uh, that, that's I, I, this, I think a lot of my conversation even better. I think a lot of Mike Vrabel. I just don't think that. I just don't think it's a necessary move, and I don't. I don't think it'd be the most prudent move for him. Coming up next, um, there's a, a situation brewing in college football, cool. and somebody has made a jump to the NFL, and that's probably going to be the norm, in my opinion. We'll get into all that next. First, fan weather. Brought to you by Sun Chevy. 2024 starts with great incentives on the Trailblazer, Blazer, Equinox, and Silverado. SunChevy.com today, high of 47, low of 35 with overcast. Tomorrow, high of 41, low of 33, overcast as well. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 